What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our online Water's Edge Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so, so very much for hanging out with us today. We want to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas Eve. One of the very first things that God wanted you and I to know through Jesus Christ and at Christmas time was found in Luke chapter 2 verse 10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, for I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. One of the first things that God wanted you and I to know through Jesus Christ was that God sent his son Jesus to be born of a virgin and to grab a hold of our lives and our hearts to bring great joy to all people. So today on Christmas Eve Sunday morning, we continue with our Christmas series entitled Joy to the World. There comes a time when God wants to have more of you and I, more of our heart, more of our life, more of our mind and joy happens when we stop pushing God away. He wants more of our faith, more of our devotion, and more of our commitment, more of our discipleship. And joy happens in our life when we stop keeping God away and when we stop pushing God away. And because Jesus loves us perfectly, we don't have to be fake anymore. We just have to create love and give love out to this world. Because Jesus loves us perfectly, we don't have to be perfect. And we don't have to even pretend that we're perfect. We just have to create love, create goodness, and give out love to this world. John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But this is the question that we wrestle with and we never really know how to say it. And we talked about this question last week. This is the question that's always on our mind and we don't know how to ask it. And this is the question that we think about all the time, especially when the holidays are here. And this is what it is. And notice this today. How do you live in this world that can break your heart in so many different ways and so quickly as it does and still yet hold on to your lasting joy? How do you be here? and all the pain that surrounds us here, and all the heartbreak, and all the discouragement that surrounds us here, and still have lasting joy. This is the question that we wrestle with, and this is what we pointed out last week. There is joy in creating, and there is joy in giving. There is joy in giving love to other people. There is joy in giving hope and grace and joy to other people. And there's also joy in creating something and being a part of something that creates something that brings goodness to this world. When we create and give goodness and love to this world, for us, that is joy. But it doesn't just stop there when we think about this question. How do you hold on to your joy and have unshakable joy while you're living in this world that can break your heart in so many different ways and so quickly as it does? That question doesn't just stop there. There's this ancient tradition of wisdom that has tried to answer that question. There's this massive tradition of wisdom, and this is God's wisdom. And we find this wisdom many times in the Old Testament. And in one of these Old Testament books of wisdom, we find a great example and a great way on how to deal with how difficult life can be and how heartbreaking life can be. And at the same time, as we go through all of that, how do we find joy? How do we experience joy? And how do we hold on to our joy? And this book that we're talking about today is the book of Ecclesiastes. And this is how it begins, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2. Notice what the wise master teacher says. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. Now, this word meaningless, it means something different and unusual in its original context, but we're going to get back to that in just a few minutes. But what a strong way to begin this letter about life. What a strong way to start off. Everything is meaningless. It is all meaningless. And so the poet goes on, chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. 
Everything is wearisome beyond description. Everything is heavy, it all wears you down. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're not content. History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new, but actually, it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what is going on now. This writer is just getting started about how complex life can be. He's just getting started about how difficult life can be. And he's just getting started about how discouraging life can be and how confusing life can be. We move on, verses 17 through 18, in chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly, but I learned firsthand that pursuing all of this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. It's almost like the master wise teacher is saying this, if you pull back the curtain of life and you really look behind that curtain, there's pain there. There's sorrow there. When you pull back the curtain of life and the reality of what everything really is, there is grief there. There's hurt there. There's pain behind the curtain of life. This is what the master teacher is saying about our life and ultimately about joy. Where is he going with all of this? This is very confusing. And then he says this, chapter 7, verse 15. I have seen that everything is meaningless in life, including the death of good young people and the long life of wicked people. Notice what he says. I have seen everything in this meaningless life, including the death of young good people and the long life of a wicked people. Now, what is he essentially saying right here? This is what he's saying, that in this life, he has seen good people suffer and bad people prosper. In this life, he's seen good people die young and shady people live long, long lives. In this life, he's seen wicked people have it easy and good people have it difficult. That's what he's saying. In this life, I have seen bad people have it easy and good people have it difficult. And then he says this for no real reason, for no real reason at all. It's almost like the master wise teacher says this, let me help you understand something. And this is what he's trying to get us to understand. And notice this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. There's really no connection between how good you are and how good or how long your life ends up. Wow, a lot of hope, a lot of joy. There's really no connection between how good or how Christ-like you are and how good or how long your life ends up. Something to look forward to. What a brutal and honest take on life. Now there's this word right now that keeps popping up from this wise master teacher in this book of wisdom called Ecclesiastes. And this is what the word is. And notice this today, it's the word meaningless. Now. We understand that word meaningless through our education here in America during the time that we were growing up. And this is what we were taught that the word meaningless means, not as important as other things. Oh, that argument is meaningless compared to what's really going on. Oh, that song just kind of seems meaningless. The lyrics are just kind of shallow. They just really don't mean that much. It's just kind of a fun party song. That's what the word meaningless means to us. But this word right here, meaningless, comes from the ancient Hebrews. and. Their perspective was different. Their perspective was tied to the earth and tied to creation. And in the Hebrew language, this word meaningless means this. It means a mist 
or a vapor. So back then when he says everything is meaningless and our life is meaningless, it's like he's saying that our life is just like a mist and it's just like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And so to us looking at this, life may seem hopeless. Life may seem joyless because life is just like a vapor. It's just like a fog on the river in the morning. And once the sun rises, it goes away. That's how short life is. But then this wise teacher takes a different turn all of a sudden, and he starts to show us a different perspective. And so notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 14 through 15. And this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this light, good people are often treated as though they're wicked. And wicked people are often treated as though they're good. This is all so meaningless. So I recommend having fun. Many times you don't hear that in church. Let me read that to you again. And this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this life, good people are often treated as like they're wicked. And wicked people are often treated as if they're important and good. This is all so meaningless, the things that we go through. So the wise master teacher says, I have a recommendation. Why don't you try having fun? Because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat and drink and enjoy life. What a great thing for us to hear at Christmas time. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work that God gives them under the sun. So what's this wise master teacher teaching us? He's trying to get us to understand this and remember this today and notice this today. Since life is a vapor and since life is tough, then while you do have life, you should really do everything you can to enjoy it. Let me say that again. Since life is so short, like a mist, like a vapor, like a fog on the river in the morning, since life is very difficult and complex, you should really do everything you can in a very intentional way to enjoy life. Enjoy it. This is joy. Enjoy it. This is joy. Enjoy it. This is joy. And how do we enjoy life where well, there's two main things? And I've taught you this before, but this is how you can make sure that you have joy. You have to have peace in order to have joy. You have to have peace in order to enjoy life. And in order for you to have joy in your life so you can enjoy life, you have to have peace in two different areas. You have to have peace with God and peace in your relationships. If you can have peace in your relationship with God through Jesus and peace in your relationships with the other people around you, then you can enjoy this life that's like a mist of vapor. Very difficult, very tough, it's weary, it can weigh us down. Notice the greatest two commandments according to Jesus, Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. And the second one is just as important, equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than this. When you have peace with God through Jesus by following Jesus and trying your best to be Christ-like, and you have peace in your relationships with other people by living out the fruits of the Spirit, by giving other people love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, peace with God, and peace with people is going to allow you to enjoy this very difficult life. And when you enjoy life, you have joy. So how do we have joy? We have to enjoy life. And how do we enjoy life that many times can crush us? 
We have to have peace with God during the storms and we have to have peace with other people. You have peace in your relationships and peace with God, then you can enjoy life even when life is difficult and this is joy. When Jesus was born, this is what the angel said, Luke chapter two, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth with whom God is pleased. Peace with God and peace with people is how we enjoy life and this is what gives us joy, peace with God and peace with people. Now, when you're growing up as a child and you're going to school and you fall in love with a certain sport and you really wanna play that sport when you're in school, whether it's softball, volleyball, football, baseball, basketball, cheering, whatever it is, if you really love that sport, then you practice and you try to get better and there's this struggle and there's this anxiety when tryout day comes, you wanna, you wanna go out for tryouts, you wanna make the team, and you wanna be good enough to make the team. And so, as you're thinking about it, there's this struggle, there's this fear, there's this anxiety, I wanna be good enough. There's only a few spots on the team. There may be other people that are better than me, and so you practice and you struggle. You practice and you struggle, why? Because you love it. And some people don't make the team, and it breaks their heart, but this can give them motivation to bounce back. Other people do make the team and it causes them to have victory. When Jagger was in sixth grade, he wanted to try out for the middle school basketball team and hardly any sixth graders would make the team, hardly at all. And I remember the day that he tried out because he loved basketball. At the end of tryouts, he sent me this text message and you can notice it on the screen. He was so excited and joyful because he made the team and, and I was too. Sometimes in life, you don't make the team. And when you don't make the team, it can break your heart, but it can give you motivation to get better and bounce back. And there's always joy in bouncing back. But sometimes all the hard work pays off and you do make the team and that's a personal victory for you. And there's joy in that. But listen to me, life and faith and walking with God and a relationship with Jesus Christ is the same way. Notice these verses in James chapter one, verses two through four. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, time, kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, an opportunity for great joy. That's what we've been talking about. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and mature, complete, needing nothing. In this life that is like a vapor, we have to learn how to embrace everything about life. In this life that's like a difficult mist that's here today and gone tomorrow, we have to embrace the defeats because that can give us the motivation to bounce back in a stronger way and it just makes our endurance stronger when we do bounce back and for us, that is joy. But we also have to embrace the victories too because when we learn from our defeats and we bounce back, we have joy. But when we learn from our victories, it makes us even that much more wiser and we have joy. And so when we embrace everything about life and we let it make us stronger and wiser, that gives us joy. And I have to be honest with you, when this happens, it's like our life brings joy to a hurting world. Not only was Jesus coming here to bring joy to the world, but he gave us his spirit for you and I to bring joy 
to a hurting world. And I have to be honest with you, when our life and our love can bring joy to a hurting world, and when our joy in the face of storms can bring joy to the hurting world, well, there's no better way to show how real God is to the other people around you during this time of the year. And this is what the Christmas story is about. Jesus came to give us peace, peace with God, peace with other people. This gives us joy. This helps us enjoy this life that many times can be so, so very difficult. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. We hope you have a fantastic Christmas and we cannot wait to see you back next week. Now stay tuned for an amazing time of worship from the amazing Water's Edge worship team. We love you all.